Ladies and gentlemen, you are looking live at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It is time for a meaty episode of Snap Judgments because <laughs> it is meaty week in here as Ohio State gets ready for Youngstown State. That's Bill Landis. I am Austin Ward. I think that's my favorite sign they've ever put up in there. It's the best one because it's like rarely does it actually spell out a word. And I, I guess that's a word, right? I don't know. Maybe not. It's, it's not a face word, but <laughs> it's going to work tonight. It is BD week. Ohio State getting ready for week two, looking for those big improvements. Uh, it's a Wednesday night, so you can tell if maybe behind me that Marvin Harrison is on the Monarch machine getting ready. This be a day that ends in Y. Yeah, it is yeah. a day that ends in Y. It is a BD day as well. Uh, most of Wednesday night's media festivities, Bill, seem to focus on finding improvement for the offensive line, the running game, everything working together in that concert. Doesn't seem like Ohio State is all that panicked over what happened in week one, nor maybe should they be after a 20-point win on the road against a Big Ten opponent. Those things, uh, got to check them off the list real quick. But they know that that has to be better over the course of the season, and they think that it can, right? Yeah, like I, I think there's two things. Like One, they don't think that performance was acceptable, uh, but two, um, like they think the things that they were going awry for them can be fixed. So like, there's not panic here. Um, and I know there's like panic on the outside. I think that's normal, normal reaction when you see a game like that. It just wasn't clean. And and they're not like, you know, they're not coasting by here. They're not accepting that as like, oh, that's just who we are. They're they're trying to work on those problems. And I think Chip Trainum and Josh Fryer in particular are articulated that. Um, Josh Fryer, the only guy to grade out a champion on the offensive line, like didn't put himself above the rest of that group. He said, We all gotta be better. We all gotta communicate better. We have to identify guys the right way. I got to do a better, and this is me speaking for, not me, I didn't play, but this is me speaking for Josh Fryer. I got to do a better job helping Luke Montgomery, a true freshman, make sure he knows the right guy he's got to go block on a given play. So that's the kind of stuff they're working through, and I think that's normal week one, the week two stuff. It doesn't excuse what week one looked like. It doesn't mean you have to just accept that, accept it as that's who Ohio State is, but it is the nature of the beast, I think. Yeah, I think I would give credit for the self-assessment from Josh Fryer, again, setting aside his own champion grade, you have to, you're as only as good as the unit as a whole. That's uh, one offensive lineman out of five being a champion is not a successful outing and not a way to win a national championship. But putting that aside, and he called it mediocre several times. I think he made it a point. That's what he wanted to get across. And it doesn't mean that Ohio State doesn't think that it can't get better. Uh, I don't know if you and I were talking the other day, it was like after 2014, you know, the first couple of weeks of that offensive line, it's like, there's no way this is ever going to work. Like yeah. they're co coming apart at the seams. And by the end of the year, they were national champions. Again, doesn't mean that that's absolutely going to happen for this group, but does mean that you probably need some time to grow into it, develop chemistry, work on that communication. But the, he said mediocre three times in a row. And he said communication three times in a row and different answers. And I think that's certainly the offensive line taking to heart that out of everything that happened in week one, they sort of know that it's most on them to take that jump into week two. Yeah, I think too. Like if you if you understand offensive line play, like everyone's communicating together, right? But but the three positions that I think carry that burden the most are center and the two tackle spots. And guess what? All three of those guys are new. <laughs> and like Josh Fryer's played some, and and Josh Simmons started at San Diego State next year. So I'm not or last year. So I'm not saying that's totally new for them in terms of an experience, but it's new people, it's new language, it's different plays, different defenses for for Josh Simmons. So. It's not surprising to me that, that that didn't look great coming out of the shoot. Um, it needs to get better. Like, it needs to be much better. Um, 
in three weeks. I, th I think if it's not, you probably won't even notice, to be honest, the, the next two weeks. Um, and that makes the, the evaluation a little bit difficult. That does happen from time to time with Ohio State schedule. You see problems. There's not really games that tell you whether or not it's fixed. And then, like, they get on the big stage. You're like, well, I guess we'll find out. And I do think we're kind of in that position as we approach the Notre Dame, Notre Dame game at the end of the month. But um, I thought it was good to hear from Josh Fryer sort of articulating the things that at least I thought I saw with them, which was misidentifying guys and, and not quite fitting runs up the right way. Stuff that I did think got, got better throughout the game, too, against Indiana, which I think is a good sign. Um, but they know it. Like, they, they know the issues they're working on them, and let's see if they can get them fixed. Yeah, and I think, again, you can't put it uh, – or at least I'm not. I'm not going to put it all on the offensive line. I think there were – two, three plays that could have been handled differently by the backs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's how the difficulty of operating a run game and finding a successful one is that everything still has to be working in concert. Football is a difficult game, and successful offensive football is hard. Uh, ask Iowa. Uh, <laughs> you have to make sure everybody is, is operating, communicating on the same page at the same time and performing at the highest level. Again, that's it's easier said than done, and I think that there were – holes that were created where, you know, Ohio State would like to see the backs be more decisive, perhaps get to a hole or, or finish runs more aggressively. Uh, you know, I think that can happen. And to overreact to all of that in week one, which I think maybe that's what I'm doing in right in this moment, I, I, I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it's not correctable or fixable. He was just honestly looking at week one. He said, well, that's where Ohio State can get better, needs to get better. But I am also coming at it from the perspective that I think the talent on the offensive line, if I thought going into that game, I don't know that I saw enough to say that group can't get it done. And I know that I have confidence in for Ohio State, Chip Trainum, Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, you know, and if they can work in more Dallin Hayden and Evan Pryor, like great. But I, I think that that group collectively can still do it. I haven't, I wouldn't give up any hope after one week. No, I, I mean, I, I, Came away feeling really good about the right side of the offensive line. Um, thought Josh Fire played well in his second career start. Matthew Jones, I think, did not grade out a champion, which frankly I was a little surprised by. Um, I don't know what all the criteria is for that, but I thought he played a, a decent enough game. The left side was shaky, and you don't want to see that, especially when you have a veteran returning guard like Donovan Jackson, who I think on a few snaps did not have some of his best moments. So, so that side has to get better. He and Josh Simmons have to get more comfortable working together. Josh Simmons probably has to make an adjustment to seeing better athletes like for like, like athletes more consistently than he did in the mountain West. But I, I'm not telling you that he can't do it. I'm also not telling you that he definitely will. Like if you have question marks about it, I do too. Um, I just think we need to give them a little bit of time to see if they can gel and, and work it out. And there are a lot of offensive lines that are going through that this time of year. I also think their rushing attack sort of collectively backs and running or running backs and offensive line alike can be helped by Ohio state being a little more efficient, throwing the ball down the field than they were against Indiana. So it all goes together. Um, it's going to look really good, I would imagine, this Saturday against Youngstown State and probably even next week against Western Kentucky, which does not have a tremendously strong defense either. Um, and I, I, like I said, I don't think you take much away from that, but I also think it does help to build confidence too and, and, and put some points on the board, so hopefully they can do that. It was, it was almost uh, weird how little quarterback conversation there was on Wednesday night. Yeah, well, we didn't talk to a quarterback, which <laughs> which probably uh, helps that along. But the whole month of August was like, hey, yeah. what do you uh, cornerbacks think about the quarterbacks that are throwing against you? Like, hey, linebackers, do you notice a difference? Like, yeah. what? And I get, I understand why. Like, there's, they're tired of talking about it, and there's nothing that Steel Chambers, for example, could say about Ohio State's quarterback situation at this yeah. point. Yeah, um, the the one guy that I did hear talk about it a little bit was Cade Stover, who was. 
uh, just expressing confidence that we've heard all along of both guys to do the job if called upon. Um, he said he thought Kyle like played a decent game and, and got a little better as the game went along. Um, obviously not much to go off with Devin Brown, but but I don't think – I think the fact that – or the the talk about them both being able to lead this offense and the confidence in, in them both coming into the season was real, and I think that carries through now into week two. We have to see what that plan looks like and how much Devin Brown plays, but um, – there was no confidence loss like here, from what I can tell. I, I, I know it's a different perspective when you're watching it on television, but I think what matters most is what people feel in here, and, and they seem okay about it. So, What else did you learn, Bill? Mm, Steel Chambers was angry at Indiana <laughs> for coming out and running a triple option. Um, that wasn't the word he used. Yeah, well, this is a children's show. It's a, oh, it's a family <laughs> show. It's not a children's show. It's a family. He was PO'd. That's, that's live. We can't edit it out, yeah. too, tonight. Go that's on. right. He was, he was PO'd. Uh, by by Indiana coming out with triple option, but I think sort of reiterated what Jim Knowles said on Tuesday. However much that surprised them, I think they feel very encouraged by the fact that they were able to find those answers basically immediately and and weren't really surprised, or weren't really caught off guard by it. Yeah, I joked with Jim Knowles coming off the field, like just speak it into existence. You said the week before, like you weren't prepared for triple option, and then Indiana gave it to you. So use a little reverse psychology, like. Hey, you know what, Youngstown State? You won't throw 50 times to test our secondary. There's no way. Yeah, right. Like, there's you'd never do that. <laughs> like, I think he's he's so paranoid. He said the week before about spies, and then Indiana really did pay attention and bug him. Like, that's crazy. Well, you guess, uh, oh, I don't think Western Kentucky will come out with three tight ends and try to run the ball all game. It'd be yeah. real weird if they did that. Yeah, we're not even gonna prep for yeah. it. What if Notre Dame turned into a pure air raid offense? <laughs> oh, that'd be strange. Uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> Can you imagine? Nope. Um, Not with Sam Hartman. Yeah. <laughs> I I do think there is something to be said, Bill, for like nobody in here ever pays like too much attention to Ohio State only won by twenty on the road for and I don't I know not everyone in the fan base feels that way. And I'm not blaming anyone for feeling any way that they want to feel about a Saturday, but if there was, a, like, even amongst some of the media or us talking about what can get better after week one to week two, I, I don't – nobody that I talked to, either in front of the microphone or on the side or anybody else, like, felt like Saturday was anything other than a, a good chance to improve and a win that they, like, feel good about. Josh Fryer said – I'm not sure I agree with it, but he said – I don't. <laughs> he said he thinks that Indiana is going to be a bowl team. That seems like a lot, but, you know, they're – I think they felt like the new personnel that Indiana had did give them a challenge that they thought was legitimate and that they can grow from. And, you know, we'll see what transpires. It's a long season, but they left week one. And I do think in this building, Ohio State felt good about the effort that they gave. The execution may not have been perfect, but they don't, they didn't expect that to be the case in week one either. No. And, and maybe it's, I mean, it might be too much to expect it, but like other teams did it. Other teams yeah, around sure. the country definitely found that gear, and I think it's perfectly acceptable to hold Ohio State to that standard. Um, that they didn't get there, I don't think it means the season is over in, in week one. Um, but there's a lot to work on, right? I, I don't know. They're it's a big boy program, right? They're sure. they're not they're not immune from from criticism. I, I don't think you want to see Ohio State play better, and and I, and I think they should play better than they played against Indiana. Um, if they don't. Believe me, we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to know soon enough whether or not they're, they're, they're ready for this and if these things can come together uh, quickly enough for them to win a big-time game on the road in South Bend at the end of the month. But um, this is like a two-week period where 
I think you can work some of that stuff out and, and we'll see if they do. I, I don't know that I saw anything against Indiana that I was like, oh, that's going to be a, a season-long issue. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Certainly things that could persist, and if they do, they're, they're going to be problems and, and things that potentially hold this team back. But football teams get better, um, especially this early in the season. That's a sentiment echoed across the country, and Ohio State's just trying to do the same thing. You don't think that we're going to learn much if Ohio State can beat him? Can beat him. Yeah. I sure hope they beat him. <laughs> they don't beat him. Ooh, post-game show's going to be wild. We're going to be leaving. Yeah, I think they'll be okay this weekend. All right, that's yeah. that's a bold prediction. You heard it here first. That's right. I'll go on record with that. Drilling down that Ohio State is going to be okay against Youngstown State. Just a couple days away, uh, home opener in the Horseshoe, what should be a beautiful Saturday afternoon in Columbus, Ohio. This was a Wednesday night edition of Snappy Jays coming at you live with Marvin Harrison in the background, as promised. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. He's Bill. I am Austin. We will talk to you again tomorrow.